seated. Our scripture reading for tonight, which will also serve as the basis for our devotion, is taken from the 13th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew, verse 44. And our Lord says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Here ends our reading. Let us join our hearts in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that by the work of your Holy Spirit, you have created faith in our hearts that holds on to Christ, our true treasure. We pray tonight that you would give us a deeper appreciation of your grace and help us always to continue in this faith that someday we may stand in your presence forevermore. Strengthen us tonight by your Holy Spirit. We ask it in our Lord's name. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed who have been purchased and bought back to God by the suffering, death, and resurrection of his only Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, God's grace, his kindness, his compassion are yours to be found in the Savior. When I was about 16 years old, maybe 15, I happened to be home one summer and a friend of mine who was from my local congregation uh, took me to a baseball game over at what's now Franklin Rogers Park and um, right here in Mankato. And at the time, I was attending a high school in another town and living in a dormitory, a Christian high school. And um, I was now with my friend who was attending a public high school here in town, nice Christian young man. And he had a number of friends, some of whom were Christians, some probably not. And uh, we were going to all sit together. And they were puzzled by the fact that, that I and my parents felt that I should go to a school in another town and spend money to, to go to a Christian school and stay away from home and everything. And they started asking me about this as I met them for the first time. Why do you do that? What's, what's the reason for all of that? This seems kind of ridiculous, seems kind of meaningless. And I remember having to kind of try to come up with an answer that they would understand. And at the same time, I, I just said, well, it's kind of what my parents want, even though it's what I wanted too, but I, uh, I really felt on the spot. 
I felt on the spot to try to explain to them why this would be something that I would value. Why would, be, why would this be something that I thought was worthwhile to do and that my parents did too, investing even extra money into this? Why would that be something that we thought was important? And, and I'm not putting down anybody that doesn't do that for high school and things, but um, I really had a hard time trying to come up with an explanation. In the text in front of us tonight, Jesus uses a very simple illustration about a man who goes and he happens to find a buried treasure in a field. And he reburies it and he goes back and looks for the owner of the field and buys the field. He sells everything he has in order to purchase that field because he realizes the value that is hidden there that maybe others don't necessarily see. Nothing was going to get in his way from possessing and having that field now that he knew what was inside of it, buried inside of it. And Jesus is using this to teach us something about this precious faith that we've been given in him as our Savior. You know, back in the very early church, there were many Christians, thousands of Christians, who were willing to face some of the most horrible types of death just to, just to not let go of believing in Jesus Christ in their heart and to not even lie about that to people that would have let them walk away. And I'm sure there were a lot of people that maybe sat in the stands as they were watching some of these Christians getting mauled by lions and just getting their bones ripped apart and hearing the screams from them and sometimes their children. And I'm sure people in the, in the stands watching that in the arenas where this took place would just think to themselves, they're crazy. What, what in the world could they think is worth that? What, what could they think that they could possess that is worth letting this be done to you by wild animals? One of Jesus' disciples, Bartholomew, legend tells us, was filleted alive, skinned alive. What, what would possess somebody to, to think that, that something that they're holding on to, just an idea in their mind and heart, would be that valuable to die that kind of a horrific death? The unbelieving world looks at the gospel, the message about Jesus Christ, and they see nothing but a barren piece of land, just a bunch of dirt, just of hardly any value at all. The unbelieving world has no appreciation for what is hidden inside of this wonderful truth about Christ. And so when the world watches Christians buy into this and being willing to invest their lives in it, it just laughs. They just make a mockery of this. We look absolutely ridiculous to the unbelieving world around us. But the problem is, that we likewise can start to be tempted to look at the real estate that we're purchasing from the eyes of the world. We can also start to fall into the idea that is, is this really worth me investing my life in? Is it really worth all of that? Think of all the things I'm giving up to be a Christian. Think of all the ridicule I'm going to have to put up with. Think of the challenges that there are just of trying to control my sinful human nature and everything and dealing with that before God. Wouldn't it be just easier to let it go? Wouldn't it just be easier to just go have fun and just go with the world and just run with the world? This is not easy stuff. 
And it's easy for us to, to start adopting the world's view of the real estate that we have in Christ. We don't have the treasure in our hands yet. It's still buried. It's still hidden. We can't even touch heaven yet and see it. So it's easy for us to wonder sometimes, is it all worth it? But you know, that's, that's often the way God works with things in his kingdom. He often takes the most precious, wonderful things and he kind of hides them in very lowly, simple stuff. Think about his, son, his own son coming into the world. The son of God gets born in a barn. Hardly anybody in that town probably realized what was going on. These shepherds come to their door and tell them this great birth has taken place. If they went to see, it's just a little kid in a bunch of hay. Think about how God's word goes out into the world, just this old book. People, sweaty little people that are going to die, sinful people like me that stand up with robes on and talk about this and just use words to preach to us about this Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. Think about the little tiny activity that takes place down inside of you when you hear God's law and it, it causes you to realize your sin and it makes you repent inside. It makes you realize that you've hurt God and and that you need to come to him for his forgiveness and his grace. Think about your baptism. <laughs> How much lower can you get of something to use for God than just a little bit of water? Or communion, bread and wine. Just these things that you'd have at a party. And yet through all of that, God has buried underneath all this stuff that the world would look at and thinks is nothing. And look what he puts there. He puts... He puts this precious faith by which we have our sins forgiven, by which we are perfect holy saints before him, by which we'll get to sit next to angels someday in heaven, by which our bodies are going to physically rise out of our graves and be glorified. All of that is packaged into this lowly stuff that just looks like a piece of dirt right now. And yet buried inside of it, God has given you through the work of the Holy Spirit the gift of faith to grab it and to realize, man, what a treasure this is. What an amazing treasure that we have. That's how we learn the value of it. The Holy Spirit is our instructor. He's the one who has gone out and found the treasure ahead of time and brings you and me to it and says, this is what's buried here. It's worth selling everything in your life over this. Possessing this property ranks higher than anything else in the world because it brings us everlasting life. Everything else you're going to have in your life, as great as they are, wonderful as they are, they are always going to be of lesser value than this. Think about, think about Moses for a second. Moses was raised in the palace of the Egyptians. He had the finest food in the land. Egypt at the time was one of the great empires in the world. And he was living in the palace of the Pharaoh. He was learning from the best teachers. He was dressed in the best clothes. He probably ate the best food that there was. Safety, protection, everything you could want. Probably entertainment and everything. And yet... He, his heart really longed to be with the children of Israel, the slaves who had to escape and run out into the desert to get away. His heart was really with the church of God because he knew that buried in the treasure 
of the message they were bringing with them for the coming Messiah was this very truth about salvation. The man in our text finally goes to possess this land that he purchased and finally gets to unearth the treasure. And that's how it is for you and me too. There's going to be a day when we get to realize in glory what this is all about and why it's been so worth it. And in the meantime, as St. Paul says, the just shall live by faith. Amen.
us in the end of the day, in the end of our life, and in the end of the world. Abide with us with your grace and goodness, with your holy word and sacrament, with your strength and blessing. Abide with us when the night of affliction and temptation comes upon us, the night of fear and despair when death shall come. Abide with us and with all the faithful through time and eternity. 